Everyone has their own unique views and needs when it comes to financial success. If you'd like to leave your financial woes behind and live a life of financial freedom, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Saving with Steve show, hosted by Steve Sexton. The show will help you with the ins and outs of money. We talk about financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars and keeping you up at night. We talk about money, tax reduction, saving more, spending less, 401ks, risk management, retirement, and everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. Now, here is your host of Saving with Steve, Steve Sexton. Hello, welcome to the Saving with Steve show where we talk about the ins and outs of money, pretty much everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. My name is Steve Sexton. I want to thank you for joining us today. You know what? We have over 600,000 listeners here in the States and over 50,000 listeners overseas. We're so thankful that our listener keeps growing. I want to thank you for sharing us with your friends and family and associates. Hey, if you have a topic that you would like us to talk about or have a guest on, love to have those guests. You know what? Go to viewers at savingwithsteve.us. That's viewers at savingwithsteve.us. And we're going to look at those topics, maybe have one of those topics on here in the future, or maybe even a guest that you'd like to hear from. Now, we're definitely talking about money today. You know what? Many people found in 2020, 2021, you know what? They were stripped away from their illusion and showed that the part of the lives that aren't really working. And we saw this with the big walkout, great resignation, whatever you want to call it. We have author Steve Cook. He's the author of the book called Life and Air, an Uncommon Approach to Wealth, Success, and Prosperity. Think about this. Wherever you're you're suffering, whether it's finances, lifestyle, relationships, spirituality, if you dig down to the root, you might find the problem is you bought into a cultural narrative that tells you to hustle, grind, stay busy, and keep pursuing more. Not only does this blind pursuit of the American dream not lead to happiness, it actively distracts you from it. Thus, it stands to reason that we, we, that we need to slow down, take an honest look at our choices, and stop the proverbial madness. Hey, let's talk about things we can quit doing to be more prosperous, happier, and live a fuller life. You know what? That's what the book Life and Air is all about. Steve Cook's going to be here in the second half of the show. You're going to love it. You want to stick around for that and also tell you how to get one of his books for free. Now, today we're going to be talking about five things you can do financially right now to put yourself on a better footing here in 2022. Okay. Now, ooh, next is, oh, we can't wait for this one. It's a new year, right? Your ability to effectively communicate will make all the difference in your future success, your income, and so on. How would you like to learn how to speak persuasively to coworkers, your boss, executive team, that potential new client or group of people whom you want them to utilize your service? If you don't speak well and persuasively, you might not get the promotion or onboard a new client or get your project through the planning committee. Don't worry, we have master speaker, trainer, international speaker, and author, R.B. Robinson, to teach you how to speak like a speaking superstar in your industry. Millionaire speaker podcast. Oh, you're going to want to stick around for this. this. You know what, R.B., I just want to say, hey, welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you. 
Arby, again, welcome to the show. All right. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. It's great to be here. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. What I like to do is not everybody just jumps into becoming a public speaking coach. So how did all that get started for you? Well, great. Well, thank you for asking me because, Steve, I didn't plan on being a coach. It wasn't something that when I grew up, I said, I'm going to be a public speaking coach. It happened by accident. My degree is in information systems. I'm half geek. And I went to work at out of college for a company by the name of Deloitte Haskins and Sales, now Deloitte, one of the big CPA firms. And but I wasn't a CPA. My job was to set up financial accounting systems on microcomputers. We just got microcomputers in and teach bookkeepers and controllers how to automate their accounting because up until then they were using manual accounting systems. So it was a revolutionary time. And my boss came to me one day and said, Arby, I want you to get out there and start speaking and tell people that we're offering this brand new service. And I thought to myself, ah, piece of cake. I took one speech class in college. I knew everything there was to know about public speaking, or so I thought at the time. But I didn't land any clients. I didn't get any, any projects, nothing. And I knew that I better do something fast because I could lose this job. But I didn't know what I was doing wrong. I just was going out there and speaking and had no clue. And so one day this woman comes up to me after one of my talks and she said, honey, I hate to tell you this. This. And I'm like thinking, oh, don't, right? The shoe's going to drop. But I said, well, what is it? And she said, honey, do you know that after every sentence, you say, okay. And I just, my jaw dropped. And the only thing I could think of saying back to her was, okay. But I got it, Steve, in that moment that I was the problem. That just because I could flap my jaw didn't make me a public speaker. That I needed to respect this thing called public speaking. So I decided in that moment that I was going to get trained, not only trained, but I was going to master it. I took classes, anything with public speaking or communication in the title I took, and I hired a coach and I read books. I did everything I could. And then the most amazing thing happened. The better I got, the better my clients got and the more clients I got. And then my colleagues wanted to know what I was doing. I started teaching them. Then the big boss wanted me to teach these group communication skills to other consultants. And so that's where public speaking was born, was in corporate America for me. And then I used it throughout my 23-year career, not only to get clients, but for upward mobility within my own firm. It was great. And so then once after 23 years, I was at the highest I could go without being a CPA. And that was a senior manager. And by then, the industry was so full of consultants. It just wasn't any fun anymore. I wasn't trailblazing anymore. Anymore. So I decided it was time to make a change, but I didn't know what kind of change to make. So I prayed about it and God said, public speaking. So 17 years ago, I left corporate America, started my own business. And I, since that time, I've trained over 5,000 business owners, entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, you name it, and given over 3,500 speeches all over the world. And I don't say it to impress anybody, but to impress upon everyone that you can do it, that this too can be a lifestyle if you choose, but you too can use speaking to change the world, save lives and make a difference. I just thought of something funny. And it's yeah. so funny because I have a son. He's a senior. He's top of his class in electrical engineering. His worst class <laughs> was public speaking. He got a B. He was so happy. Thankfully, got a B. But he just says, you know what? All these other people look like they're on TED Talks, you know? 
right. and, and all my, you know, engineering friends, they're, they're afraid of standing up in front of people and talking, but the reality is they're probably could be better at it because they already have a process just like you and it, because once you learn the process, you're golden. Amen. That's it. And, and when I got out uh, of corporate America and into the public speaking arena, I looked for systems and processes already there. Why recreate the will? Well, there wasn't any. The closest that I found to one, Steve, was have a beginning, middle, and end. But no one would tell you what to put in the beginning, middle, and end. So I came along and I'm telling you exactly what steps to create a persuasive presentation that will get you business and change lives and get people, you know, if you're just trying to get people to think like you do, vote like you do, whatever it might be, um, the system will do it. I want to help listeners understand the process by how you would go about coaching somebody to speak well in public. Okay. First of all, I would introduce them to my system. And before we do my speaker system, which is the signature talk, that's the talk that you just give over and over and over to get business. But first of all, I would teach you how to do your core message, which is also another formula that I put together. The core message is what some people call the elevator speech, but I call it the core message because it's the essence of what you do. And from there, it's like your heart. And from there, everything else comes, your professional story, the title of your talk, everything stems out of that core message. So once we've got that, we're at the very heart of what it is you do for clients. Then we start in the formula and or the system for developing actual speech, putting it together step by step. Okay. When somebody is writing a speech, even it takes me a long time to write a speech if I'm doing something different. And quite frankly, when I started the first interview I did on TV, the comment that I got is they look like a cheerleader because I was always using my hands. <laughs> Uh, but they said it was passionate, so it was good. <laughs> How does somebody get used to a room and get comfortable being on stage? Practice, 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 training, training, training. So first of all, get trained because a lot of people will step on stage, especially business owners, because business owners don't look at themselves as speakers. So they think that they can just get away with murder and you can't because if you step on stage when you're A, not trained, B, not practiced, C, not prepared, then you're going to lose business. It's going to have the opposite effect. So you want to make sure and reputation and future opportunities. So it's too costly to go out there without being trained, rehearsed, and of course, uh, well-prepared. Once you learn, once you've been trained, then I recommend that you practice one hour for every two minutes of presentation. So that means if you're going to do a 30-minute speech, Steve, you need to practice 15 hours. That's what makes you good. That's what actually makes you go from good to great. That's what helps you to always know your speech. You become the script so that nothing will throw you off. You won't forget what you're going to say, which is always a fear. And you'll have that kind of confidence to deliver a, not only a great speech for yourself, but really for your audience, because that's what they deserve. And when I talk about practicing, I'm talking about practicing it out loud. 
not mm-hmm. reading it, not writing out your speech. I am against writing out your presentation because then you become a prisoner of your own eloquent words. So don't outline only, outline <laughs> only, and then just say it so many times out loud that you will become it. It's like that song, Steve, when we're in the car and we're listening to that popular song on the radio. And before we know it, we're driving around singing it. And it was like, we never set out to learn all the words, but we know all the words. That's what happens to our brain when we hear something over and over and over. So I recommend you speak it out loud, walk around your office, walk around the park, walk around wherever you need to. Okay, I'm gonna hold you right there because we have to take a break. Ah. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be back with more RV Robinson. This is so wonderful. If you're driving your car, going to work, you need to hear this stuff. So stick with us, we'll be right back. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of The Saving with Steve Show. We're gonna be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're gonna talk about money, tax reductions, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into The Saving with Steve Show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on The Saving with Steve Show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us, savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Hello, welcome back. We're gonna have some more with RV Robinson. I truly appreciate you letting your friends, family, and associates know about our show. All the replays are available at savingwithsteve.us. If you're enjoying the stories of helpful information inside on Saving With Steve, then I encourage you to subscribe to your YouTube channel so you never miss a show. Check out a few of our affiliates at UK Health Radio, BBS Radio, Talk Radio New York City, New York City, as well as E360 TV, Las Vegas TV Network. All these networks are dedicated to empowering you to solve problems, uplift your spirit, live a life of personal and financial freedom. Hey, you can also follow us on Facebook, join the Saving with Steve Sexton Insiders Club, savingwithsteve.us and get all our replays, exclusive access to our after the show videos, guest gifts, and see all the behind the scenes. We're back here with RV Robinson. We were talking about, this is like a muscle and you were just talking about practicing it and practicing it and practicing it. But it's like working out. I thought to myself, you know, I've written many speeches and all that kind of stuff. But it was really interesting that when I started thinking about how much time I actually spent going through it, it was a lot more than 15 hours. (laughs) And, And it's one of those things where, and I'm not saying this is everybody, people have told me that that was outstanding when I've been completely prepared, but had some sort of thing happen just before, like horrible day, the whole shot, and you're rushing and grinding through your day. And all of a sudden you're there, you've got four minutes before you walk on stage. (laughs) And for some reason, that's the best other. And sometimes 
for me, that's the most authentic. Things go very, very well. And people are like, oh my God, I couldn't believe you just did that. You know, I'm curious, do you have a pre-speech routine? Yes, I do have a pre-speech routine. And I recommend that everyone create their own. This is mine. I'm not recommending that this is for you. But I've been on stage with a lot of speakers and I've seen their pre-speech routine also. And I can share that with you. But my personal one is a mantra where I do two things. First, before the mantra, before I step on stage, I do one thing. I pray about it and I say, God, give me a shot of the Holy Spirit. That's all. Give me a shot of the Holy Spirit. It's like a shot of energy, right? It's better than Jolt Cola. Is that a <laughs> Well, I don't know. Is that a wrap? Better than Red Bull, right? So, <laughs> the Holy, Holy Spirit. And then before I step on stage, I say, I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the best. Now, I don't say it out of ego. I say it because my audience deserves the best. And so does your audience. Every time you step on there. I know things happen. Like you said, something happened and you're like all jittered or whatever. That's going to happen once in a while. But for the most part, we can control what happens to us. In other words, if I have a speech, I make sure that I have a light morning, that I can just, you know, get up at ease and get ready at ease. And I'm not rushed and frazzled. I don't try to cram so much stuff in my schedule. Like today, Steve, I have three speaking engagements. You're one of them. And I have two more. And so I created my day so that I can come into those full on, full energy, full attention playing my A game. So if you can plan your day like that around your speaking engagements, then you'll be less frazzled and there won't be time for these other things to kind of come in and bother you and get you off because life works that way. It's going to try to knock you off your feet. So again, a mantra of some kind that gets you propelled into speaking. Now, I've seen a couple other speakers that what they do, they pace. That gets them going. They pace before they go. And some of them, you know, pray or whatever. But whatever propels you, and it's going to be different for everybody. That's what you want to do. But self-talk is so important. Do not step on stage or even close to the stage and tell yourself you're nervous or you're not prepared or you're not ready. You need to get ready because that audience deserves the best from you. I totally agree with that. It's funny. My little mantra is I actually... Um, uh, like to get there about 45 minutes early if it's a 30 minute talk. And I like to walk around the stage, look out the stage yes. and say hello, like my little sound check. And then I go off in my corner and do my speech, not to myself, but out loud to the wall. What are some of the tips that you could help some of our listeners when they're dealing with that? Glad you brought it up because it's so different. First of all, and I'm going to get to how to keep your audience engaged as well. But first of all, just know as a speaker, you're in control of everything now. See, when we would go in the live room, we would maybe speak in a, who knows, speak on a stage or maybe in a restaurant. We had no control. We had no control over the sound, no control over the environment, no control over the crowd or anything really, just only our message. But in this environment, we're in charge of everything. So it's very important to make sure you have lights. I've seen so many speakers present in the dark. If it is going to be on some video, you have to make sure you have a professional microphone so that people can hear you and it resonates with you. That's something that in the live world, we didn't have to worry about. 
unless it was a big crowd and it was always provided for us. Same mm-hmm. with the PowerPoint or the computer. It was provided for us. Now, guess what? If you're going to use PowerPoint, video or anything else during your presentation, you better make sure you have a strong internet because there's nothing more frustrating um, to the audience than for you to be frozen in, in mid-sentence. So number one, we're in charge of everything. And just know that if you're going to speak in this environment, you need to invest in some possibly some new equipment. Number two, to keep your audience engaged, because yes, we are so competing with emails and people that have two screens and they're half listening to us and half not. You have to bring on your A game every single time. You have to, and what I do to help me is I stand up. So I have a stand up desk because if I spoke on a live stage, I would be standing up. That's going to help you to have that kind of energy. You need to make sure you're well practiced and you're well rehearsed. Do not read the screen. We can see you reading <laughs> the screen, right? Or a teleprompter. Be a professional speaker and know your material and just think of your audience. See, when you know your material, then you are free and you can get in that zone. And that zone will take you all the way through that screen. That's what I call speaking out of the box when you're in the box. You actually reach people through the screen and pull them in to be with you. And they don't want to do anything except to be with you. So that's one of the tricks. You've just got to really imagine yourself going through that computer screen, reaching somebody's, not their neck, but reaching out to them and touching them and touching their heart. What I'd like you to do is comment on PowerPoint, because I've been in a few presentations where, quite frankly, it was death by PowerPoint. So, uh, I mean, it was, woo, I was. Oh, yes. Let me share that. So PowerPoint, like everything else, has changed. And when you're in, in a live room for 30-minute speech, I tell people, my all my students, do not use PowerPoint. That is the kiss of death. But guess what? In this environment, I do accept it and train it. But here's the the key. It has to be pictures. Nobody wants to see words on your PowerPoint. I don't care how eloquent you are. So stay away from words and let pictures do the talking. Videos are really powerful to open hearts in this environment. And then what I would recommend is a hybrid so that it's not all PowerPoint. So start out, Steve, where you're starting out with just you and you have the the host spotlight you. So you're bigger than life. So no one, you know, can mistake you in a room of a hundred people. And then you share, you do your thank yous, you do your attention grabbers, you do your professional story, you build rapport with your audience. Then when you get to the meat portion, and I teach my systems kind of like a sandwich where the Mm -hmm. top pieces report, the bottom piece is closed, and the middle is the meat or your educational pieces. That is on PowerPoint. So you switch over, right? You're you're like this, and then you just go, let me share my screen. By then, if you bumble or fumble with your PowerPoint, nobody cares because you've already built rapport. You've already given them great value. They already feel like they know you, so you can bumble and mumble. I mean, there's nothing worse than a speaker going, and here's Arby, and then I'm going, duh, 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 I can't, I've been in, we've been on Zoom for a year and I still don't know what I'm doing. No, build, right? Build report first. And then you can mumble and fumble your way into the content and then boom, give them the content. Then at the end, 
before you're ready for your clothes, you get out of it again, show your face, make sure everybody's good, look around, whatever. And if you're going to have questions, that's a good time to have them. If not, you go right into your clothes. Hopefully your clothes is one that you don't need a PowerPoint. Now, I would like to talk about closes because it's so different in this environment. And after a year, I feel like I've got it down. So it used to be on the live stage, collect business cards, do a raffle. We would collect 100% of the business cards. That's not going to happen in the virtual world. I've tested it. You're lucky to get 25% doing a giveaway. So you can do still do a giveaway. You can uh, put in your link for a strategy session. You only you get two or three leads where in the old on the live stage, you would get five. So it's about 50% or less of the kind of response. If you're selling on this stage in this environment, let me give you the trick and the secret sauce for that. This is what I've experienced and what I've done. I just did a one day event and I closed 40% of the room, right? One of my, um, I taught this uh, secret sauce to one of my students who's brand new. She's in my mastermind and she did her very first webinar and she only, she got 10 people there and she sold 60% of the room. That's unheard of when it's your very first webinar. And that's it was great. So this, I know this works. That's proof. So here's the secret sauce. Make sure you do add bonuses, but not too many. The more bonuses you add, the less attractive it is because people are overwhelmed and they go, oh God, I'll never watch all those videos. I'll never do that. And again, I had to try this the hard way, right? It cost me money trying what I'm giving you for free here. And that is so just a, a couple little bonuses that people can easily watch if it's a video or go and get. And then you have the big price of whatever it is and you want to drop it like three-fourths of the price. And dropping prices isn't new, but I'm talking about being real and real value. So I have a $4,000 speaker training, which I've had for years. And that's what it is. It's four day, $4,000. In the pandemic, nobody's going to spend four days with me. So I dropped it to a weekend, create your speech in a weekend. And you'd think I'd drop it half price. I dropped it down to $9.97 and people buy it like crazy. And how can I do that? Because I cut out two days. I cut out the 90 minute lunches, you know, and, yep. I, and I can do it for that. I'm sitting in my home. I'm with my husband and my dogs. So I can afford to take less and give more. So think about that. Drop it three fourths and people will buy until the cows come home. That's that's wonderful. Arby, I need you to start telling people how they can connect with you, where they can go to uh, watch and see your million dollar speaker podcast, the whole shot. My million dollar speaker podcast is on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, all of the popular uh, and unpopular <laughs> podcasts. So you could go and see them anywhere. To get a hold of me, you could just email me and that's Arby, A-R-V-E-E at Arby Robinson com or reach out to me on LinkedIn, Facebook. I'm everywhere. Again, it's R-V-A-R-V-E-E Robinson.com. I'd love to hear from you. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, take your life to a new level, whether it be business, personal, public, just learn to be a good speaker. It'll make all the difference in the world. And since this money, this shows about the ins and outs of money, 
this could make a big difference in the ins and outs of your money. So RV, I want to thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you have a wonderful week and stay safe and healthy. Okay. Thank you. You too. Bye, Steve. Bye. That was RV Robinson. She's an international speaking trainer. And if you want to make your life a little bit better because you learn how to speak the right way so you can get more clients, that promotion, and so on, you want to go check out RV Robinson. I think that was wonderful, helpful hints, especially that that close. Never even thought of that. Stick with us. We'll be right back. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of The Saving with Steve Show. We're gonna be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're gonna talk about money, tax reductions, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into The Saving with Steve Show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on The Saving with Steve Show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us, savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Hey, I wanna welcome you back to the Saving with Steve show again. This is where we talk about the ins and outs of money. And right now we're talking about money. Hey, what are five simple, smart financial moves that you can make this month right now, okay? 2021, I was a year for financial strain for many Americans, household debt, overall cost of living, you know, increase while median household income decrease. Um, you know what? Setting up grand, big, gigantic financial goals may not be realistic for every budget, but there are still smart steps that you can take to shore up your spy finances. So the first thing is examine your spending. Household expenses changed drastically for many Americans over the past couple of years. The pandemic relief, the stimulus programs, as well as reductions in certain expenses because of the restrictions like commuting, travel have added money back into some budgets. On the other hand, the overall lust across the living, as we just recently heard out on the news, is up 7%, while medium household income is down 3%. And that's putting a squeeze on a lot of Americans. A new year is an ideal time to examine your budget. You don't have a budget, start by pulling all your bank and credit card statements for the past three months. Add up your spending in different categories like house, food, eating out, vacation, self bills, utility bills, everything. List it all out there, okay? See what the average monthly budget looks like for you. Know how much you're spending now is great in creating a budget because once you've built your budget, you can now compare it to your income to see how much room there is to progress toward your financial goals like saving and investing. You can then determine whether you need to increase your income or decrease your expenses. One of the big things about increasing your income is you can simply do that by adding a job or a side hack. Uh, and what I mean by that is you can go work for Home Depot, you can be a tutor, you can drive for Lyft or Uber or one of the other drive services. And you know what? You can make some extra money to bring money into the household. The other part is the expense reduction. You want to look at everything that you're doing. 
whether it to be your mortgage. Hey, can you refinance to get a lower payment? Look at your credit cards. Can you negotiate with the credit card companies to get a reduction of interest charged? Can you look at how much you're paying on your cell phone bill to see ways to reduce that by changing the carrier, especially if you're with a big one? Looking at your cable bill and saying, hey, you know what? I'm not using all these, but I am using those app services because there's a lot of people who just went with the app services and a live TV program along with their internet and they're saving 50, 70, 80, $100 a month. So there's ways you can save a little bit here and there and here and there to increase the amount of cash flow that you have at the end of each and every month. Next, hey, look at consumer debt. Hey, paying off your credit cards, resolving, revolving household credit card debt is credit card balances that are carried month to month. Okay. Yeah, it fell 14% uh, over uh, during the pandemic. But you know what? Some Americans, in fact, many Americans have leaned on their credit cards to get through the pandemic. 20% say their overall credit card uh, debt increased over during the pandemic. Almost the same portion say they relied on their credit cards to pay more necessities during this time. And a lot of time, a lot of people feel like they're not getting anywhere paying off these credit card balances or, 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 or anything like that. So the key here is how can I add a little bit more each and every month? But there's a path to doing that. And that path is called the snowball method. All you need to do is list all your creditors, the balances, highest to lowest, interest rates, payment dates, and minimum payment. The key here is this. You pick the one you want to pay off first. I like the one with the lowest debt. Why? Because it allows me to get some momentum. And all I'm going to do is make the minimum payment on everything and add as much as I can each and every month to that minute that, that one I want to pay off. Once it's paid off, I take what I was paying there and add it to the next one and the next one. Pretty soon you're making bigger and bigger payments on each one of your debts and you've got them paid off. Next, evaluate your investments. Americans, hey, they've received the pandemic relief, the stimulus checks, and you know they've got that for almost the last two years. About 10% of people use that money to invest in things like cryptocurrency. That might be in line with your risk tolerances and your goals. But the thing is, you want to take the time to review your overall investment holdings. Consider diversifying your investments to reduce your risk, increase your potential for return over the long term. If you have a workplace retirement plan like a 401k, 403b, make sure you're contributing to it because every dollar you're contributing, you're not paying taxes on. So it gives you a short-term gain because you're not paying taxes, but it'll also give you a long-term gain because you're earning interest on the money you should have paid taxes. And next, if your workplace has a match, put at least enough money to make sure your company matches because otherwise you're giving up free money. Next, during the last two years, bills, medical bills, hey, you know what? They've gone up. They've been significant. And if you're in one of those situations where, geez, I've got those medical bills. You know what? I understand. And people are afraid of those because you know what? Cost has gone up almost 30% over the last 10 years. You know what? When you have those bills, it's paired with the pandemic, you have reduced help at hospitals. It's pretty frustrating. Now, the thing to understand is this. Medical bills are negotiable. Yep, they're negotiable. So there are options to break up or even reduce your costs. If you're in a low income situation or financially strapped, it makes sense for you to give the hospital call or the medical center a call. Explain your situation. Ask if there's any avenues where the bill can be reduced and you can possibly set up some sort of a payment. That's better 
than putting the whole bill on your credit card and paying those large credit card interest payments, okay? You could do it at a lower interest rate by negotiating and setting up a payment plan. One of the biggest things you wanna make sure is this, okay? You never want to avoid paying your bill, okay? If your medical provider sells your debt to a collection agency, you're gonna have 180 days before that collection agency will put that collection bill on your credit card report. Now, that debt could then hurt your credit card score, making financial moves in the future a whole heck of a lot harder. Next, save for something. Don't care what it is. 40% of Americans have received the pandemic funds, the stimulus plans, and they saved a little bit of money, whether it be for emergency, a home, or something else. So regardless how much you can save, what your specific goals are, look at ways to save $5, $10, $15, $20, $500, whatever the amount is. Look at these things. They can make a difference in your life, especially if you start doing them right now. Hey, look, more to come, more about having you get a healthier, happy relationship with your money right here on Saving with Steve. We're going to be talking to Steve Cook, author of Life and Air. This is really interesting. He showed people through his book how you can have less stress, do less, and do well because you have your priorities right. And you know what? It's very, very interesting. You want to stick here, stick with us. It's a best-selling book. We'll be right back with some Steve Cook. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of The Saving with Steve Show. We're gonna be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're gonna talk about money, tax reduction, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into The Saving with Steve Show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on The Saving with Steve Show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us, savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Hello, I wanna welcome you back to the Saving with Steve show where we talk about the ins and outs of money, pretty much everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. In our next segment, I would just wanna pose this question or this thought. The typical American trades the vast majority of their time and energy for the hope that someday, hey, they're gonna be free. Meanwhile, their intense pursuit of financial success is the things that's been robbing them of their freedom. So where do we find freedom? What should we pursue? Steve Cook, the author of Life and Air, challenged you to consider what is that you really desire. Steve's here to talk to us about the great American reset and how 2021 is a perfect time to reshape your life down to the foundation and revamp everything. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You know, it's really interesting. When I was reading your story, you had a couple of restaurants that weren't quite successful. And then you revamped yourself, got into the real estate business, and has been very, very, very successful ever since. Could you just take a moment and share your story 
obviously a little bit more detail than me. So everybody can understand where you're coming from and how, what prompted you to write the book Life in Air? Yes, happy to. I grew up in a home where, unfortunately, my parents had gotten divorced at a very early age. And so we, we grew up poor. My mother was raising three boys on her own. And one of the things that was talked about all the time in our house was if we just had more money, life would be better. I ended up developing an entrepreneurial spirit pretty early. I was out doing paper routes when I was 11 years old, starting other businesses as a teenager. But, you know, I kept on failing over and over and over again in business. And, you know, at 21 years old, I bought my first restaurant. I thought I was going to be rich and uh, ended up not working out. And I didn't learn my lesson the first time. I bought another one when I was 25. And again, I fell on my face with that one and I lost my shirt. And But then I really just buckled down and I, I got into the real estate investing game. And once I got into real estate investing, it was the light bulb that just went off and I, and I got it. I was one of those sort of rags to riches stories where within my first couple of years, I was a house flipper. I flipped over a hundred houses my first two years in the business. Consequently, people were coming from all over the country wanting to learn what I was doing to pick my brain. And they were taking me out to dinner. They were taking me out to lunch. And, uh, you know, I started to feel really overwhelmed. And during that time, uh, with the overwhelm, I just felt like, okay, things are supposed to be better. What's going on right now? Why am I so busy? And I, <laughs> I looked at my schedule and I had 27 lunches or dinners over the course of a month with people. And those typically were three to four hours long. And I came to realize, okay, I just spent over a hundred hours in a restaurant talking to people about what I do. And so at that time, I wrote my first book and it was really teaching people how to do what I did in real estate investing. Mm -hmm. My motive for writing that book was just to answer everybody's questions and to just give them all uh, the information that they needed and so that I didn't have to do it over and over one person at a time in a restaurant. And long story short, that took off. The book just started selling like crazy. Um, I was making more money from that one little book that I wrote than I ever made in a year prior to my real estate investing career. And uh, that just led to more people asking questions. And I, you know, I never anticipated being in that field. I never saw myself as somebody who's going to educate people and standing at the front of a room and speaking and teaching people how to do that. But that's where I found myself. And I saw some of my students becoming very successful. And it was a very, very proud thing for me to just, you know, watch people taking the things I was teaching them and growing. But after a little while, I started to see something I didn't like. I started to see their marriages become compromised. I started to see their families becoming dysfunctional. And what was happening was they were pouring everything into the business and sacrificing the things in their lives that were most important to them in an attempt to be more successful in, in the business world. You know, I remember my early conversations with those people and, you know, they said, well, I want to build this and I want to do this for my family. But ultimately, the family was the one who was sacrificing and paying the price. So that's when I knew something had to change. Something had to be different. And I sort of went on this search myself. You know, a common question that people would come to me with was, you know, Steve, me to become a millionaire. I started asking, well, why do you want to be a millionaire? And almost every person answered the question, well, so I can give my family more, or I could be a better father or be a better husband. Or, And that was always the common thing. And I would tell people, well, you don't need money to do that. You just need to do what good fathers do or do what a good husband does. And whether you have money or not, you can, can be those things. But I saw this disconnect that so many people felt like they had to be successful financially and have a lot of money in order to be successful in life as well. And so Life and Air was really just a play on the word millionaire and that what people really wanted was to have a great life. They wanted money in hopes that it would pay for the great life that they, they dreamed of having. So that's, that's how I got there. Here's the reason why I identify with that so well. Um, I come from a family of five. My dad was a, uh, an executive in a um, 
a defense company, but I grew up working really, really hard for everything I got. And then when I got in the corporate world, it was 12, 15, 18 hour days. When I got out of the corporate world and went into my own business, it was 12 to 18 hour days. And I was the guy that would leave exactly 31 minutes before my son's birthday party would start. And sometimes I'd be late. My wife wasn't too happy about that. And I kept doing those type of things and something had to give. And what gave is I had a bout of colon cancer. And this was 16 years ago. Where I identify with that is this. Once I had that, I realized that none of this is worth it. None of it is. And after that, it was like, I go to every single practice. I go to every single game. I'm there early. I look at it like my business appointments. I don't work after five. Don't do weekends. All that kind of good stuff. And since then, I mean, I'm healthier, happier, and I'll say that some of the toughest things were to give up stuff. <laughs> and I, I think a lot of people end up there and they, they find themselves really struggling with it. And they feel like they're making a sacrifice when the reality of the situation is when you understand it, what you're gaining so far outweighs the things that you feel like you're sacrificing. And, uh, you know, as I was giving up stuff, I was actually selling some things at a loss and people thought I was crazy. And I said, well, I see it as buying my life back and that's more valuable to me. And I would rather have my life back than to continue to keep playing this charade and acting like my life is defined by the things that I own. You know, and it's really interesting. We do advanced tax planning with a lot of people, especially in the real estate field, but I have conversations with people who have multiple rental properties. It always comes down to the tenants, the toilet. In fact, I had one, one lady, she goes, the final straw was the fact they got a phone call from a tenant on Christmas morning. They stopped at the toilet and we had to get somebody out there, but nobody would go out there. So I had to take a three hour drive to go out there, take care of the toilet. And that was done. I always ask how many times you've been to Home Depot yeah. <laughs> and they all, they, they almost yell, well, about 900 times, <laughs> you know, doing what you do, you probably understand where I'm coming from, but it's one of those things where they've allowed this perception of where they want to be to get in the way of their life. Mm-hmm, exactly. So I'm really identifying with your book and, and your message. So, you know, you made another statement where when you're suffering finance, lifestyle, and relationships spiritually, if you dig down to the root, you might find the problem if you brought into a, a culture narrative that tells you to hustle, grind, stay busy, and keep pursuing more. Could you help people understand this? Because I actually said it to somebody and I say, well, what do they mean? And I just thought to him, I said, oh, geez, that means you don't get it. And this was a very smart man that uh, quite frankly has lots of health issues, but he's always working and always doing all that kind of stuff. So I thought, if, hey, if people can understand what that really is and where that the, the root of the issues are, maybe they can deal with it. Well, I'll, I'll share it in the form of my own personal story in that once I started really achieving some success with real estate investing, I started making more money in a month than I had ever made in a year. At that time, I decided I was going to go seek counsel and find out what was the right thing to do with my money. Really, the first person I went to was my pastor who referred me to some people within the local community. He referred me to CPAs and estate planners. He referred me to other business people. And I went around the country seeking out some of the top real estate investors that I knew around the country to just get advice and put together a plan. Now, I was this young guy making a lot of money and people were eager to help me. They wanted to help me. And they put together a plan and I took their plan and I followed it to the T. Now, this was pretty early in my real estate investing career. 
here. When I walked in and started talking to them, I, for all intents and purposes, had zero in assets. I had a little bit of cash that I had just made recently. I had zero in assets. In a little over three years, I went to over $7 million in assets. And everyone's sitting there patting me on the back and telling me how great I was doing. And I was not feeling successful in the midst of all that. You know, uh, you had mentioned earlier that when you went into business for yourself, you were still working the 12, 15, or 18 hour days. And I was a worse boss than the boss I tried to get away from. I was making myself <laughs> work those kinds of hours. And, uh, and the thing that I really wanted was freedom and life. I wanted to be able to experience life, but I found that as I kept on building my business, I was less free. And so what I came to discover was that the thing that I really wanted, none of those people who helped put together the plan even ever asked me. They said, no one said, Steve, do you want, you know, what do you want out of life? Every single person just assumed that the goal of my life was to accumulate more assets. And the plan that they put in place did exactly that. It worked beautifully. It did what it was supposed to do. Steve, I'm gonna hold you right there. We need to take a break. So this is outstanding. I want people to hear this. So hold on just one second. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of The Saving with Steve Show. We're gonna be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're gonna talk about money, tax reduction, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into The Saving with Steve Show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on The Saving with Steve Show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us, savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Hello and welcome back to the Saving with Steve show. I just want to take a moment. I thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you letting your friends and family associates know about the show. All the replays are available at savingwithsteve.us. If you're enjoying the stories of helpful information and insight on Saving with Steve, then I encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel so you'll never miss a show. Check out a few of our affiliates at UK Health Radio, BBS Radio, Talk Radio New York City, E360 TV, and Las Vegas TV Network. All these networks are dedicated to empowering you to solve problems, uplift your spirit, and live a life of personal and financial freedom. If you'd like to follow us, you can follow us at Saving with Steve Sexton or go to savingwithsteve.us for all the replays, special gifts, and more. We're back here with Steve Cook and Life and Air, and he's just about to spill the big moment. (laughs) (laughs) So I had just shared about how these everyone who I went to for consulting had put together this awesome plan. And the plan did exactly what it was supposed to do. The problem was not one person said, Steve, what do you want your life to look like? How do you want to experience life? There was just this assumption. And this is sort of the American way that the goal of life is to just accumulate as much wealth as you can, and that you're willing to sacrifice your life in order to do that. And and so the whole plan was designed to build my net worth, to accumulate as much as I could. I followed it to the T and I went from zero to 
over $7 million in just a little over three years in assets. However, it came at the expense of everything else in my life. It meant that I had to serve that business with many, many hours. And what we do at Lifeinair is, you know, we have really taken this to the point now where we help people to work less, make more, and experience a better life. And with just the right planning from the very beginning, if they would have said, Steve, what do you want your life to look like? We would have designed the business to be completely different. Instead, the business was designed for me to give my life to it in hopes that one day it would give it back. That's so true because in our previous guests talked about that. What's the purpose for the money? Is it to provide for your family? Is it provide for charity? What is it that goal that people want? And obviously people take a far different path. And I find that when people understand what that is for themselves, um, they don't talk about how the stocks did, how the real estate's doing. They talk about how their life's doing. Have you seen that or you've seen different things? It's interesting, depending upon the circles that I'm in, when I'm around people who have been around me for a while or following life near principles, they only talk about life. Rarely do they ever talk about money. But, you know, I get invited to speak at real estate investor meetings quite often. COVID, I haven't been to one for a while, but I've spent, you know, much time in front of real estate investor groups. And if I ask a whole room of people, you know, I'll I'll sit there and I'll challenge them. I'll say, you know, when I ask a group of people what it is that they want out of life, no one knows. I said, in fact, every single one of them, you know, sits there and they think how much passive income they want, how much they want their 401k, how big they want their retirement accounts to be, their balance sheet. That's the thought that they have when I ask them, what do you want your life to look like? We just live in this culture that has really conditioned us to believe that that's what life is all about. You know, I use an illustration of the board game life. We play this game with kids. We, we play it as children. We play it with our kids. Mm-hmm. And the object of the game is to accumulate the most. The person with the most money at the end of the game is the one who wins the game of life. We're instilling that into ourselves as children, into our children, and coming out of school thinking that, okay, if I'm going to be successful at this game called life, I need to make as much as I can. When the game just might be different if the object was different. If the object of the game was to have the best life experiences, we might live differently or play different. And, you know, thankfully for you, your episode with colon cancer, why do we have to wait for something like that to happen to wake us up and to realize that there's something more? Just to take some time to think about it. Think about what do you want your life to look like and plan accordingly is something that changes everything. You know, most people spend more time planning someone's 50th birthday party than they will their own life. And it's amazing that how little time people actually put into planning their life. They plan their finances, but not their life. That's so, 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 so very true. What I'd like to do is talk about what things people should be considering doing and the way of kind of like revamping their life. How can they do that big reset down to the foundation in 2021? Because right now with all the stuff that's going on, it's a great time. It's the perfect time to reset anybody's foundation and start over. Yeah. And so one of the things that I find that when people do come to me for consulting or coaching is that I'm not trying to add more for them to do. I'm actually sometimes trying to take some things off of their platter and, you know, encouraging them to quit doing some things. And we had recently put together an article called The Year of the Quitter and things that people should quit doing in 2021. And one of the first things that we were talking about was, you know, stop measuring how successful you are based off of how much money you have or how well you're doing financially. Many of the people who I come across, they have more year after year after year than they they did the previous year, but life isn't getting any better. Their relationships aren't getting stronger. They're not enjoying life. They're just spending more time working and accumulating more. And the reality is they're taking on more responsibility, having to manage everything that they have. And, And not that it's a bad thing to make money. We love making money, but we need to put it in the right context and do it the right way so that we get to enjoy it and enjoy life 
along with it. That's wonderful. Now, I like this one. Yeah, I put this down. Quit taking on debt. <laughs> There's not a person who I come across that I work with who tells me that they that they don't want to be out of debt. Every one of them wants to be debt free. Yet they all take on more debt as as they go. And I joke about it sometimes that most people think that the path to getting out of debt is increasing their capacity to borrow. And it's the exact opposite. You know, we need to just cut ourselves off. And uh, that's one of the key principles that we do teach in life. And it's not that you have to be debt free, but at least consider it to, to understand that debt is more than just the interest rate. When we can get a low interest rate, many people are intrigued by that and they want it. But the moment that you actually sign on the line, agree to repay something, you just promised away a portion of your working hours for years to come that I will do this. So in other words, when somebody signs on a mortgage, I get how it's smart to have a mortgage and things like that. But we do need to understand that we just promised away 25 to 40% of our working hours for the next 30 years of our life to the lender the moment we sign on that line. And as soon as you can understand that, you'll think twice about taking on too much debt when you realize you're promising your future away. Especially with credit cards and all that and everybody trying to keep up. Uh, I know another one of yours, but I'm, I'm going to let you go. But, uh, well, it's the next one. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when everybody is trying to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah. I, you know, it's so funny because when I was growing up in high school, everybody wants the right shirt, jacket, the cool us glasses or the nice car or live in the right neighborhood or whatever. And they seem to want to just keep up with everybody. I learned that one a long time ago because I some of the people that I was was working with were worth 10 times more than I was. They drove the really nice big cars, the, the multi-hundred thousand dollar ones. And I knew I was never going to get there. So I didn't care. But you're right. So many people are trying to keep up with their neighbors or keep up with what everybody has. It's a game that you can't win. Um, you know, first of all, the pursuit of it is just going to rob you of all the joy that you had hoped to get out of it. But more importantly, the moment you do keep up with the Joneses, all you got to do is look two doors further down and you're losing again. And you're just going to continue to go down that path. The reality of the situation situation is learning to be content with the things that you have. Most people have so much more. And and I don't want people to mistake that with to not be ambitious. But the reality is, if we were more grateful for the things that we already had, we'll experience so much joy and peace and, mm-hmm. and stop comparing that, you know, hey, my car is three years old, and they just got a brand new one, I need to keep up with them. It's it's not worth it. It, it, it doesn't satisfy. Oh, I totally agree. I like the next one, not surrounding yourself with people who try too hard to impress you or others. Yes, because they're always going to try to make you feel like that what you don't, what you have is not enough. And the reality of the situation is most of the people who do that to you and who act that way, they don't have as much as you (laughs) when you get down to it. When you get behind closed doors, they're really just trying to impress to make up for their own insecurities and doing everything they can to make you feel insecure. And sometimes they can really steer you in a way that you shouldn't go. And you're best off just not hanging around those people and and trying to surround yourself with people who are encouraging and, and going to build you up instead. Yeah. Positive expectancy is a big thing, especially with all your friends. I love the next one. Stop taking financial advice from people who are no better than you. <laughs> People take health advice. They take, uh, you know, how to how to be fit. They take relationship advice. They take financial advice from people who are not doing well. And, uh, you know, I just literally heard somebody say the other day, it's amazing that when you tell people you're going on a diet, everybody wants to give you advice as far as, you know, what you should do. And the same thing happens in the financial realm. Uh, you got to be really careful about who you're taking advice from. Take advice from people who are where you would like to be, not from people who are on the same journey, trying to figure it out and, and things like that. You, you want to get advice from experts. I agree. Take advice from people who eats the same cooking you're eating. 
um, so to speak, because if they're not investing in it, why would you? Um, which is real interesting. I like this one. We only have about 30 or so seconds putting off life until a day when you have more wealth. I think that's the best. Yes, and that's, I think, is the most important one. Someday might never come. We have today, enjoy today, make the most of it. Don't sit here and just live like a miser, putting everything away in hopes that 30 or 40 years from now, you're gonna be able to be free and live the good life. Experience life today, it was meant to be enjoyed. You know, I wanna just encourage people, if you're living life well today, you have joy and peace, you're gonna be doing better later. Don't put it off. Steve, that was outstanding. Hey, look, how can people get a hold of you? I know your book's on Amazon. Where else can they get that book? And how can people get a hold of you? And are you taking on coaching clients? I, I do take on coaching clients. Most of my clients are small business owners. We help them to tweak their businesses, work less, make more, and enjoy life. As far as the book is concerned, I'll just say this. We have a goal this year to give away 100,000 copies of the book. And you can go to lifeinair.com. There's going to be a tab at the top that says free book. You can just go there and claim a free copy of the book. And our goal is to get the message out to as many people as we can. You heard it here. Go to Life and Air and get a free copy of his book. It's worth the read. Trust me. Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. I think your insights are outstanding. They fit my life. I know of many other people who could utilize, especially reading Life and Air. So thanks again for joining us today. I hope you have a great week and stay healthy. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right. We'll see you. Bye. I want to thank you all for joining us today on Saving with Steve. I hope you have a wonderful week and we'll look forward to seeing you the same time next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for the Saving with Steve show hosted by Steve Sexton. To learn more about the show and how to become a guest or sponsor, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us. Join us again next time as we continue to talk about everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happier relationship with money. This has been the Saving with Steve show, hosted by Steve Sexton.